I'm, I'm so glad I get to have the uh, I get to have the dad joke. <laughs> it's, been, it's been my dream since episode one. Here we go. So, welcome to episode 19 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast, recorded April 4th, 2019. Greetings from the alternate location. My name is Ian, and I'm host of the show for tonight. No, there's not been an overthrow attempt on the Alpha Prepper. Eric is busy researching our next episode while taking out the trash. As for me, while not on the road, I live on a small hobby farm. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sports shooter, reloader, and my farm's designated handyman. I'm Alan. My friends and family call me a safety nerd. My background as a first responder has developed a mind for safety. I teach first aid, coach my family and friends to be better prepared. I'm a locksmith by trade, and I have worked in the physical security industry for more than 20 years now. And I'm Ange, or Angela, and I'm the weather expert, apparently, in this episode, and the least interesting. And my hobbies are film and television is where I have my degree, and archery, sometimes. Arch- Archery's pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I was actually asking you off, off the line, or off the show beforehand, but uh, what kind of archery are you into? Is it more just, uh, like, target shooting, or uh, yeah, what type of pose? There's there's not much to do with it unless the apocalypse happens. But it'll, it'll be just <laughs> <laughs> well, three D targets are pretty fun to to shoot at anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, and safer. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we have some uh, <clears throat> some content tonight that will uh, that will blow you away. Tonight we're going to start off with some news articles relating to preparedness in the outdoors. We'll let you know what we've done lately for uh, preparedness and getting our getting ourselves better improved. And then we will get into our main topic, which is severe weather events. Uh, so let's start off with some news. Uh, I didn't put a link up yet because, um, frankly, I rushed through it. But uh, if you've been following the news at all, uh, Nebraska has been, uh, has been pretty badly hit by flooding. There's uh, billions of dollars in crop and livestock damage, uh, which is not good. Um, most of central Ontario is in, here in Canada is bracing for high winds although not as high as what uh, Newfoundland is going to see. Uh, another article I put up here was from uh, CNBC, and uh, in England, there's a, uh, that particular article links to a woman in London, uh, in merry old England, and uh, they're, they're preparing, for, preparing for Brexit uh, after years of uh, controversy and votes, it's actually happening in the next couple of weeks and they're they're preparing for the worst that um, their supply their supply chain is going to be cut off because of their because of their lack of uh, treaties and tariffs all of a sudden. So. so is that a thing where basically once the date happens they're they're out of the EU, they don't have any trade deal worked out or what's the deal with the the sunset date? Um, well, anything any any deal that the any trade agreement that was that was in place with the EU, um, would no longer be valid. So if um, if, a, if, a, if that trade deal did not include the UK specifically, then they would have to sign new agreements. And the the concern based on the um, based on what I read about these about the, the the Brexit conspiracy theories is that because because of that, um, they're going to they're going to run into um, they're going to run into shortages of all kinds of supplies because. England is a very small island and does not have a lot of its own resources, so it imports just about everything, which leads to their high cost of living in general. But um, after all the year of having, you know, group purchasing power, all of a sudden that's going away, and that could—that's uh, the—the worry is that it's going to be a big deal. Of course, only time will tell, but that's why we prep—is to deal with the unknown. Cool. Yeah, so I uh, put in a couple of weather-related uh, article, weather articles anyway. Um, 
uh, parts of Newfoundland are going to ex- be experiencing, actually it probably happened yesterday, but it's supposed to peter off today, but they uh, had winds up to 180 kilometers an hour on the uh, west coast of New- the island of Newfoundland, which is on our east coast there, Engine. Um, well above the threshold for what they would consider hurricane hurricane strength winds. So um, that was very interesting and very timely, I guess. So there's a little link to the article there. And then uh, we also had 153 cases of measles in one little area of New York, uh, uh, just north of New York City in what they call, uh, I think it was Rockland County. And uh, I guess it's all isolated one little community. So it's a pretty big deal, I guess. That's that's a lot of people in, in close proximity. That's, um, I mean, you know, we, jo- we joke we joke about the uh, the doomsday preppers being ready for a pandemic. But honestly, like when, when you go back to, um, you know, when you press the reset button and you get rid of technology, the biggest threat to, um, to lives going back in the you know the 1800s and before that was hygiene more than anything. Um, if you get sick and there's no way to prevent to stop the spread, I mean the the uh, the bubonic plague wiped out like two thirds of Europe back in the day. So um, maybe it's not maybe they're not as crazy as we thought. What's what's the old saying? You're only paranoid till you're right. <laughs> and just because you're paranoid, they're not. It doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Exactly. So, Anne, is there anything you want to talk about for news at all? Huh? Is there anything you want to talk about at all for news? Well, if everything happens to go black on my end, it's because we're in the middle of a severe thunderstorm, so I apologize. <laughs> well, that's also timely. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, this, was, this was not planned. Yeah. So, I guess we should move on to what we've done lately for preps. So, I guess it's Alan first. Sure. Uh, I've been uh, working on renos and still on a pretty serious training evolution this week. Uh, my end goal with, with these renos is to have more space to put away food, water, and supplies. So I'm getting getting close. Uh, also made contact with the local ham radio club this week. So I'm picking up my, my book to get my license shortly. Um, I did have something else in there, but I stopped mid-sentence and honestly can't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> As for me, I'm on the uh, the road right now. So, but I did manage to uh, inventory and reorganize some basic supplies at the uh, secure alternate location and broadcasting farm. And uh, then I went on the University of YouTube since I'm sitting in hotel rooms right now and learned some basic stick welding techniques. Because the uh, one of my mentors back on the island is going to be teaching me some uh, basic welding skills here, hopefully next week. And I've also been uh, kind of watching some YouTube uh, videos on ham radio courses. Basically, there's a lot of online courses available on there that kind of run you through the whole basic course, which is nice. And I took some time to back off some analog pictures I had from uh, the old days and tried to put them into digital format so I could uh, save them on my portable uh, never-coming-home drive. Cool. Yeah. So for yourself, Ange? A lot of the same things you guys do. <laughs> like, it's, it's weird. So we recently got a shed to store all our stuff for, like, future hurricanes because Katrina was a lesson and a half. Um... We keep, I recently bought everyone like portable chargers for their phones that where they don't need to plug it in. The, you just keep the uh, chargers, the portable chargers full and you plug your phone into it or you're like my mom likes to read off her Kindle or keep her Kindle charged off through that. And we're trying to back away from batteries a lot. So, but it's mostly having space to put all our stuff for future hurricanes and because we don't know when to buy things until the news tells us to. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, never hurts to have a backup power supply for sure. Yeah, that's it's mostly space and generators and stuff. But other than that, we've been kind of slacking, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you were saying hurricane season's coming up though, right? In a couple of months, yeah. 
Uh, okay. My June. Cool. Well, time to move on to the main topic, guys. Uh, so it's uh, main topic of the show today is severe weather. I guess this will be part one of many. I'm sure we'll talk about other various weather aspects over the time. But uh, today we're focusing on hurricanes and uh, so how it can affect somebody with a mindset for preparedness. So while this not a, may not affect most of us in Canada, similar storms happen on the east and west coastlines. And keep in mind, too, if you travel to foreign countries, you may find yourself stuck in one. Whether they call them a typhoon or a hurricane, it's just the same, just different parts of the world. They're defined as having heavy rain and winds exceeding at least 74 miles an hour or 119 kilometers an hour. Um, so, of course, I just mentioned the Newfoundland weather there. That's uh, 60 kilometers over the threshold. So, I mean, they're, they're certainly getting some destructive winds there today. So, to talk about this tonight, we brought in some local authority on the subject. So authority, sure, okay. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> sure, look, I'll be there. So, tell, you, tell us a little about yourself there, Ange. Um. Well... I'm currently in my early 30s. I'm 33, and I lived through about six hurricanes, maybe. I've been told 10, but there's probably three I don't remember. And two tornadoes, which is weird for us. And a lot of thunderstorms every April. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a thing when everything starts to warm back up, right? April showers, they say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for myself, I've only been stuck in one in my life, and I was uh, actually like a weird typhoon called Ayer back in uh, 2004. I was in Taiwan for a uh, multi-day job interview, and in the middle of the interview, they basically got up and said, "Well, we're going to go sit in our homes for the uh, the the typhoon. Have a good day. See you in a few days. Come back when uh, the storm's over." And I was kind of left to my I was left to myself in the hotel room. So. Yeah, I, I learned a lot about that. Just you know, making sure you have lots of water handy and everything else it was a bit of a, a learning curve for sure. Uh, where I live is kind of on the the lee side of the Great Lakes, and um, seen a lot of aftermath. Uh, we get a lot of thunderstorms around here. Um, I've never I've never been in the direct path of a tornado, but I've been I've been close to them. I've seen a lot of aftermath of them. Uh, there was one in Godrich here, going back uh, almost ten years. Um, which is Godrich is a little uh, little port town right on the uh, on the west side on the west shore of uh, Lake Huron. Um, they got hit. They had about uh, they had about three minutes warning that it was coming, and it just it just flattened the town. There were uh, I don't recall if there were any deaths. I don't think there were. I think there were there was very minimal personnel damage, but there were hundreds of homes and century plus old buildings destroyed that uh, took years to recover from. Um, I've uh, part of my part of my job in first response has been to be part of the be part of the cleanup afterwards. Um, so I've seen the I've seen the uh, seen the, the effects of major weather. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to never be stuck in anything more than a more than a major thunderstorm. Yeah. So uh, isn't Godrich so home to a nuclear plant too? Uh, it's just there uh, uh, about about an uh, forty five minutes north of there is uh, Bruce Nuclear Power. It's in a little town called Kincardine. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely a concern because um, pretty much everything in Ontario, like in, in this part of Ontario, is um, downwind of that yeah, and, down, and downstream. Good planning. Yeah. Excellent. So, uh, no, we got, we tried to come up with some good questions for Ange as best we could, but uh, we're mm-hmm. kind of curious because we don't get stuck in these ourselves very often. But I guess for the average person that travels or whatever have you, um, just going to start throwing some questions at you here so generally uh if you're in a hurricane what percentage of the population tends to stay versus just you know bugs out of town 
It depends on where you live and the category of storm, like where my parents live, which is St. Bernard Parish. You can find it on the map. It's like one of the biggest parishes um, below Lake Pontchartrain. From St. Bernard Parish on back toward the Gulf, about 25% because they're mostly just bits and pieces of land. They're like near the eroded part of the state. Okay. But I went toward the city of New Orleans less than 25%. It depends if it's a mandatory evacuation or not, really. Interesting. So if you are planning, like, if you are planning to bug out, do you have, like, do you have a plan for a regular bug out location? Like, do you have a destination? Oh, hey, here's this year's hurricane coming. We're going to go to this point. Is that... Like, is that part of your plan? With our recent plan since Katrina, it's either the next parish over, depending where the eye hits, because that's where it is. And I taught my parents about longitude and latitude recently. Okay. Because they're in their 60s, so I guess they kind of missed that in school. <laughs> <laughs> and New Orleans is 30 degrees north, 90 degrees east, I think it is. So I'm like, if the eye is going there, guys, you need to leave. And if it's if the next parish over doesn't help, then it's the next date over, like Texas or depending on which way the hurricane is leaning. If it's leaning towards the west, then we'll go to Mississippi. If it's leaning toward the east, then we'll go to Texas. Okay. And so you just basically see where the, the projected path is. And that's kind of where you plan to go, the opposite yeah. direction. Yeah. So actually, oh, go ahead. Oh, so for people that aren't familiar, so can you describe the eye? of the hurricane in general or katrina well no in general like i mean because i guess it, it calms right down and then kind of switches direction or something doesn't it no it so say the hurricane is going like north west it's the eye takes the hurricane in that direction and it's just pretty much the empty calm part of the storm so if it's coming towards New Orleans, the, we'll get the front end that we called it of the hurricane and then the eye, then it's calm for like maybe an hour and then you get the back end of the hurricane. And the winds are kind of the opposite direction then, aren't they? Like they kind of like start blowing the other way or is that? Not not really. Oh, okay. Not, not really. I thought there was kind of like a front or back thing. Like it was a little bit low pressure thing. Because but... it's only spinning in one direction. So if it's moving north, west it'll move northwest and the winds will generally blow in that direction okay cool so uh i got a question for you um so law enforcement so if the police are, are sitting there worried about uh people coming and going during the storm um do they they kind of kind of try to provide a bigger or smaller presence during the storm like they expect it to stay and do patrols or do they just like leave town as best they can if it's a big one if it's a big one they leave <laughs> they good to if, know they, they, they don't have time for that, so they leave. <laughs> oh, except but, for the, CN, well, the CNN reporters, they still stay, though, right? They, they try and get right in the middle of the storm. Yeah, and, that's going to be a nosy. They can stay outside in that if they want. But if it's like a little one, like the last one we had, yeah, they'll like usually set a curfew. And if you're out, you, you're going to jail. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good to know. Actually, so they introduce a curfew and they just assume that you're up to no good if you're not in the house. Mostly, well, they say for safety reasons, and then it kind of depends on which parish you're in. Like in St. Bernard Parish, 
half of the law enforcement went to high school with me. So it's like, Angela, go home. <laughs> but if you're in like New Orleans where it's a bigger city and it's like, yeah, you, you're going to jail for, for the night until the storm's over. Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, I guess it's it's cheap it's cheaper to lock you up than it is to come rescue you afterwards, right? Yeah, exactly. That's like exactly the saying that they say. <laughs> They'll make us come save you. It's true, so, I guess. It, I knowing that hurricanes are coming, and I mean if you if you live in that if you live in New Orleans, I'm sure it's it's just a, an expected reality. Mm-hmm. Why is there always such a rush to grab plywood at Home Depot at the last second? Like why not just why why do people not eat? Stock we, don't, we don't know exactly where it's gonna land because Katrina wasn't supposed to hit New Orleans. It was supposed to go towards like Florida. And then so everybody was like, Cool, we get to relax. No problem. I got my little case <laughs> of water. I'm good. Watch it on TV. And then within a matter of hours it switched direction and it's like, Okay, you got like two days to get your stuff. Right. And I guess- people I think rather not spend the money if they don't have to. Well, I guess, too, it's, if it's in a moist climate, too, I guess the wood doesn't last more than a year or two before it's rotted away anyways, I guess, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Learned the hard way with a wooden fence. It it lasted, like, I think four years, and then it was, like, it looked like it was, like, 3,000 years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's the tropical, tropical humidity, right? It's just, uh, it's going to melt everything, so I kind of... Yeah, ca- you treated it with, you know, so it would last a little longer, and it did, but... If you ever come down here and look at the wooden fences, they're not as old as you think. They're probably like four or five years old, but they look like they've been here since the nine, like the nineties or something. <laughs> cool. that's, uh, well, I guess that's that's another another thing to take into consideration when you're making your plans, right? Is that what you what you have is subject to subject to the weather. Yeah. Um, so on on that note, like uh, when you're when you're stocking up, what, what, having been through hurricanes, what do you find you use most? What supplies do you need more of? I think it depends on your family. Like my family, we're water drinkers. So that's more important. And like grazers, we don't eat really big food. So if we have like bags of chips, like two bags of chips each, we're fine for the whole storm. <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, for Katrina, I remember my mom, we didn't want to like lose a lot of stuff so she made sandwiches like for the largest picnic ever like she used all the bread all of our meat and stuff and made like 50 sandwiches and then her whole family came well invited us to come because we weren't going to leave for the storm we were going to stay and they didn't bring anything and luckily she made all those sandwiches and brought all the perishable foods because like in the middle of traffic, we all like had a picnic <laughs> and ate everything. So. so I guess that's that's another point. I seen her, I remember when like watching the, the 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 news surrounding Katrina that their biggest challenge was mandatory evacuation, and then nobody could get anywhere because the interstates were all clogged up. Um, is it like it's, is it a normal thing to be just kind of stuck in the middle of stuck in the middle of nowhere and not being able to move? A lot of lessons were learned since then, like when that happened, like at the last minute, they decided to open both sides of the interstate. So if you're coming in, you can still take the opposite direction. They just wanted everyone out. And if you couldn't get out, good luck. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it didn't go so well, eh? No. 
you know, it's kind of tough, especially like, yeah, I saw the damage after, I, I think it was in New Orleans about three years afterwards and it was still, there's so much damage still, that, you know, oh yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, so actually, I uh, just out of curiosity, Andrew, it's probably normal for you, but for us, it might seem as, uh, you know, extra reinforcements and stuff, but what kind of stuff do you use to like reinforce your home for storms? Like, do you guys have like, uh, shutters you usually just throw over, like, do you have water pumps in the, I don't even know if you have basements or, uh, like extra tarps or anything else? Definitely extra tarps for like if your roof is really old, like they, like right about now the news, our, our local news is starting to tell you what to get depending on the situations. So like definitely load up on tarps. In about a couple of weeks, I think they're gonna tell everyone to start getting wood if you don't have like closable shutters. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna start telling you to get batteries and stuff. It's like a like a yearly thing, like football season. Like season <laughs> coming, get ready to get your stuff if you're gonna stay. And then when the actual storm hits, whatever extra you need, then that's pretty much on on your family. Okay, and you said you have no basements there, right? Oh, there's no way we can have basements. <laughs> yeah, just, just water level or water tables too high and all that stuff. We were 18 feet below sea level. Oh wow! Like I was telling Alan earlier, like. For Katrina, they were letting people back into the city three days after it was over just to check on your family to see if their graves were risen, I guess. Oh, wow. Because that's a thing that happens. Like, a lot of our graves in our uh, cemeteries are above ground. And then there's some that are, you know, below. And if the water stays and seeps in, it'll raise the caskets out of the ground. We get kind of a Canadian version of that, but it's usually based on frost or, or uh, cold weather. <laughs> but it's yeah. results the same. Yeah, it's just frosty is a thing. Yep. But uh, oh, it's interesting. Yeah, so there's no basement down here, and if you have one, that's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never seen a basement in my life, and I'm in my thirties. Oh wow. Yeah. That's uh. Wow, that's again. It's just you know the the minor differences. Like we're really not that far apart physically. Like we're less than a, you know than a thousand miles, and yeah. I don't think I've ever been in a house that didn't have a basement. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, it's weird because like even where I am too is like people don't have basements either because it's the water table's too high because it's near the ocean or it's like solid bedrock and it's just not it's too expensive to dig a basement. So you just can't have it where we are. So um, oh, I don't know what that was. Did you guys hear that? That was me. Yeah. That was my oh. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> so um, after that hurricane hits, like how long does it take for, you know, hospitals and schools, all the, all the infrastructure to return to normal? Like, is there, there's obviously a recovery plan in place. What's the, yeah. what's the, the, the target time to get back to normal operations? It depends on their strength. Like if it's a category one, it's usually a day or two after, like with Katrina, it was months, almost a year, when schools opened back up. Like, I was in college wow. when it happened. I was in my first year of college, so I I missed, like, a whole semester and a half. No, a whole year and a half, because all the, the school that I went to was uh, it had water damage. And my brother, he was in the 12th grade and almost got held back because we didn't like think right away when we went to Memphis to put him in school and then it's like oh yeah we could put him in school here so we waited for him to finish out his senior year in high school to get out 
Oh wow. Okay. And then the so first thing that... to come back the following year was Mardi Gras. <laughs> no schools, no malls, Mardi Gras. We don't we don't have schools, we don't have malls, the hospital barely functions, but damn it, we're having a party. <laughs> we did that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, su- I suppose I suppose the uh, the rumors are true. Then there's always there's always a party in New Orleans, right? Yes, and after the our Saints win anything, they'll close school if the Saints win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, town. So they figure like, well, you're not coming to school anyway, so. Well, at least they're realists of it, I guess. Yeah. So I guess as far as a personal threat to, to you, Red, you're in your location, like what's the biggest threat that you would consider, like flooding, power outages, or whatever have you? Like what's your main concern, I guess? Um, In my general area, mostly flooding and power outages. Mostly power outages. The wind blows too hard, the power will go out, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, they probably don't bury the power lines either if it's uh, the water tables that high, right? No, they're definitely above ground and little stickmen. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Um, I want to say. And it also depends like when with when you buy home insurance and depending on where your home is, like the house around a corner could have flood insurance where the house behind that one wouldn't because of just how the city is sinking. Like some areas Weird. are sinking okay. faster, yeah. So they'll give you, they'll make you get a flood insurance, or you can't buy the house. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Like with our house, we we weren't in a flood zone, so we didn't have to. And then Katrina hit, <laughs> and was like, you know what? Give us that. Give us that. Uh, that flood insurance. <laughs> <laughs> On second well, thought. You were saying that was like it was your house was under twenty two feet of water, you were saying when that happened? Yeah. Twenty two yeah. feet of water. That's, it was above like I just, there were I, I, I can't even imagine. Grass stains on the I just I can't even imagine. I'm laughing because because it's, it's like unbelievable, but it's like, oh that makes sense. The city's underwater practically. That makes sense. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So with with power being uh with power being an issue, um are like generator generators are a, a pretty normal occurrence i would imagine right do you they are you now leave them around like, like now newer houses are being built with generators and the way oh, that they have them set up is like you have like where your attic is and then next to the attic is uh your generator your the little thing that makes the air conditioning work mm-hmm. so in case it floods none of that will get wet well, that makes good sense. Put it up, put it up high. Built, yeah, our house was built in the seventies, so our generators live on the ground. But it's okay. like I drive past all that, like to work, like where the night war was completely underwater. All those new houses have that. I'm like that is not a bad idea. We need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Does that so? Is that something that's being retrofitted into like the historical homes? You're telling me that like the French Quarter is you know almost you know more than 100 years old now getting close to yeah. 150 years is that something they're retrofitting on the back of the house i know when uh when they started updating fire codes in new york city they started putting fire escapes on all their uh on all the buildings is that something that's happening there now yeah but that's the first thing the city will protect is their french quarter and their garden district 
They worry about tourists, I guess. Yeah. 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 Mostly, and with permission from the city, like you need a lot of permission from the city to do anything to the outside of the house. They're, I think, recently within the past four years, they're starting to update everything hurricane ready. Okay. So, they're we're getting it. <laughs> cool. It's Actually, fast. <laughs> So I'm kind of curious now too, as well as so like during the storm when you know everybody's kind of hunkering down and maybe the police might have left town. Do you find that people take advantage of it and you know the crime rate increases or maybe even decreases during a storm, or do you find anything changes at all? It decreases a lot because I don't want to say people have PTSD from Katrina, but a lot of people learn lessons so when a storm is coming depending on the category no no nobody will be out on the streets okay that's good to know it's just kind of like the opposite of what we all think right yeah nobody's looting like the looting that was reported for katrina was mostly people getting food and water yeah because you couldn't feel electronics it wouldn't work so actually on that note then so i guess um after Katrina and stuff, they had a bunch of vacated houses and stuff. Did people kind of go rooting through those afterwards and try and see what they could take from it or just leave them alone and kind of never come back? It was mostly copper wiring that I heard was stolen. So, you know, because people back here are very, they have a lot of ingenuity. <laughs> so if they can like salvage anything and make it work in their house, they'll, they'll take it. But as far as like people's like you know like entertainment stuff like tvs and sofas and all that that wasn't taken a lot of it was also mostly to see if there were any bodies inside the house yeah i guess that's a concern so, too right yeah. yeah yeah makes makes sense to to at least do the check it'll get hot and bodies will literally start boiling and that's not a great smell <laughs> well oh, and, and it's, really, it's really not and a health I've condition too, right? I've like, yeah, yeah. Def- legitimate health concern for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or if there's alligators uh, trapped. What? Once again, are you serious? I was gonna say alligators trapped in the house. Yeah, like the uh, <laughs> the neighborhood I grew up in, New Orleans East. Um, I, I forget which storm it was. I want to say it was Hurricane George there were alligators coming out of the sewers and they were just walking down the street. (laughs) It was like a regular suburb and you will look out your window and there's like a little family of alligators. And here I thought I had to worry about cougars, but at least they're cute and cuddly. That's that's like one step up for sure. Just don't go outside. Just don't go outside. (laughs) Just don't don't go outside. That's a really good reason to be well prepared is is alligators walking down the street. Cranky alligators because they're they've been ejected from their home. Yeah. Um, once again, this is why I live where the air hurts my face, is so that I don't have to deal with I don't have to deal with alligators coming out of the sewers. And snakes. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, there's my weak point right there. We, but we have those anyway. Like we live near a canal, so they're they're just Hey, you're gardening today? That's nice. What you planning? <laughs> yeah. No, no, not not interested. Uh, so <laughs> tell me, tell me, like, what, what would you do? What, what would you recommend for preparing your home against high winds? Like high winds, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a tornado coming, 
you've been through this. What what kind of damage do you see? What do you do to prepare for that to prevent it? Definitely make sure your roof is up to date. There was a lot of holes and roofs and shingles missing. Make sure that your house, the foundation that your house is on is intact because there were a lot of houses that were blocks and maybe even a few <laughs> like a half a mile away from where they were supposed to be. Wow. <laughs> so they just got they just got picked up and moved. Just yeah. Like the water just carried the house and when it when all the water went down wherever the house was, that's where it landed. So make sure all that is straight. So uh, so Katrina didn't did not clean up her room after she left. That's... Oh no, she she danced in her room, destroyed it, kicked stuff around, and was like, I'm done. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so it's funny. It's funny now. Wow. Like, I, well, we don't even hear about stuff like that up here, right? We did. Uh, we, you know, we just heard the storm was bad, a lot of damage. But you know, you, you can't even fathom stuff like that. For I guess from our perspective, it's just so foreign. It's like uh, it's hard to imagine. You know, destructive destruction that bad for sure, right? Just I usually tell people think of having a toy house. And shaking it, and then a kid throwing it. That's pretty much what New Orleans looked like. Well, I guess that's yeah. Or like when you, you see pictures of uh, of nuclear fallouts, where all the houses are destroyed, it, and where the wind damage from the bombs were. That's more a little more accurate. That's interesting. Right now they're calling that storm on the Newfoundland a barn wrecker storm, and I'm like, well, that would make sense, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That, that sure that sure would. <laughs> well, that's a that's a, that's a lot of uh, information there, Ange. I really appreciate that. So, any uh, any other things you want to talk about before we move on to the podcast challenge at all? If anybody from New Orleans is listening, please pay attention to the news. <laughs> Make sure your grand check on your grandparents because there were there was a whole they know about the incident with the old folks home. So, if you have old people in the old folks home, please check on them. Yeah, season's coming. I guess that yeah, that, that applies to that applies to all all severe weather too, right? Whether it's a tornado and a blizzard, or whether it's a heat wave, or or a hurricane coming that. in off the coast, just make sure you have a plan to check on your check on the people and make sure that you know where they are and that they're well taken care of. That's really sound advice. We we talked about that with our with our mutual assistance groups in the last episode, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you if your people get stuck how are you gonna how are you gonna get them out make that part of your plan and don't forget about them no that's right yeah, yeah. Like, take care of your per- personal safety first then we're safety of uh, immediate family right so my dad went and got his parents when our uh, when katrina hit he was like you guys come and we left hours before katrina hit so make they sure were makes like, good okay, sense we didn't think well we didn't think it was going to hit us that's why we didn't leave and when one of my older cousins was like come on we're leaving he called my dad called his side and my mom called her side and we all just like caravan out of there and then my grandparents were like yeah we're going to mississippi see you <laughs> <laughs> see you we're out of here <laughs> yes yeah, we got a better plan you you go <laughs> they had a their, their plan was way better <laughs> well, Memphis is a long ways to go for an evacuation, too. 
Well, all the hotels, by the time we left in Texas, all the nearer ones were sold out. And so were the ones in Mississippi. And one of my cousins was like, well, I hear Memphis is good this time of year. Well, you know, so it's, as long as you have the gas and the money to get there, it's perfect, right? So. Oh, yeah. we Everybody emptied out their bank accounts and kind of our fam- my family's really neat. They like pulled everything together to- and we all like, here, I have this, put this toward all this, tell them we're coming. Well, that's right good. On. Especially when you guys decide to caravan out. That's a, you know, a mini, mini mag right there, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I have a large family. It was at least 200 people. Oh, wow. Wow. And that was just one that, side that of my family. Awesome. That was my mom's side. Yeah. That, that's not a mini mag. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> that's a success. That's a successful that's a one. Mega, that is a mega mag. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fantastic. It, it was fun. This was like a mini family reunion. <laughs> Good deal. Well, I guess mini, what, a mini family reunion. Yeah. <laughs> yes, mini. Yes, mini. It was mini. It wasn't everyone. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So, well, I guess that uh, that's that's awesome. So, I guess we should move on to the podcast challenge. Um, just for the podcast challenge today, it's uh, I guess subject appropriate as well so try and do one thing in your home this time to uh, guard against high winds and heavy rain which uh, can certainly happen anywhere in canada so secure your outbuildings with anchors in the ground and maybe use some hurricane straps which is like a metal um strap that goes between your uh, your headers and your overhead rafters just to secure those down for high winds uh, check your shingles and maybe just uh, clean your gutters to improve your drainage and uh, if you can get all that done that's a pretty good pod- podcast challenge completed Definitely um, your garage door is a big is a big source of wind. If your garage door fails, then wind is going to get in and take your roof off. So, um, if you have a garage attached to your house, then make sure that that is uh, that's properly secured. Yeah, it become a big parachute then, right? So it kind of uh, get an upward force on the roof. Exactly. That has happened. That has happened. Huh. It, it sure has. Uh, Friend of mine built a house in Florida, and he said it, it was that was a part of the part of the, house that the, the garage door had to be solid and installed in a certain way, and it had to be um, a certain weight and a certain size, and um, planned specifically for for hurricanes. Um, yeah, so upcoming events, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll so let us know about the podcast challenge if you've done anything. We'll uh, let us know which, what's going on there. Uh, we'll talk about some upcoming events um, in. Eric's absence, I will mention the 2019 annual Preppers Meet in Desborough, Ontario. That's coming up July 11th to 14th. Uh, link in the show notes at annualpreppersmeet.com. Cool place to go see some awesome people. I know Eric will, I think Eric will be there. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. I'm going to try and take that out. Um, so let us know if you're going and perhaps we can uh, we can sit around the sit around the fire and have a brew and talk about the, talk about the good old days. Sounds good. We also will have the first annual Western Canada Hot Springs meet, May 25th, 26th. It's the weekend after the May long weekend at uh, Slowcut Hot Springs. I put the link in the show notes to uh, figure out how to get there for some uh, campcraft discussion and a meetup for like-minded people. Um, also on July 6th, just before the uh, preppers meet, there's a podcaster charity shoot in Drumheller, Alberta. Uh, more, de- de- well, more details are going to come on that one. Uh, everybody's welcome. Uh, come on over and meet one of your favorite hosts from either Slam Fire Radio, Canadian Patriot Podcast, meet some CCFR field officers. That's kind of like our NRA up north here, Ange. And then uh, one or two people from our own show, maybe. Um, I guess that'd probably be me, and hopefully I'll make it to the Peppers meet, too. Um, give a shout-out here. Um, if you were listening in, was that two episodes ago, for uh, when we talked about the Survive the Storm course with uh, with Chris, 
Um, he is uh, he is putting that on sale now for a few days for just thirty nine bucks. Um, so um, check out the um, check out that that again. That's uh, ecourseadventures.com slash sts survive the storm or uh, go back and uh, um, check out his uh, check out his blog for sure, which is full of useful information. That offers up on April 7th. So if you're listening to this live or you're listening to this the next couple of days, um, keep that uh, keep that going. Um, and yeah, definitely give give Chris a shout out. Let him know that we sent you. And that'll be, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll get some great information out of that. Cool. I got a shout out for the uh, the traveling prepper. Uh, we had a little meet up there a little while ago and he allowed me a rare look at his uh, setup. It's not often uh, something he rewards to too many people. So I really appreciate that. It was, uh, it was fun to have a good meetup and exchange of ideas. Uh-huh. And Jenny shouts for you. Mostly to our my local news channel six and channel four, they're really on top of all the weather and all the sports games. So thank you guys. <laughs> cool. So it's so time for some uh, email and iTunes reviews. So for me, I got a, a YouTube comment from uh, Brad regarding our Meg episode. It just reads, hi guys, great podcast. Community makes a lot of sense when it comes to mags. Uh, helps to ensure buy-in by the group and encourages reasonable labor, breakdown, and responsibility. I'm really glad to hear this being discussed. Exactly why I like listening to fellow Canadians on this topic. All right. We also got an email from Brad. I don't know if it's the same Brad or not, but uh, it reads, hi guys. Been a while since I wrote from you from the last from the first few podcasts. I've made great strides in my conversation in conversations with my family regarding prepping. It was easier than I thought and accidental. Accidental prepping is probably the best kind of prepping. Uh, Picked up one of the books my 12-year-old is reading for school, Uh, Rule of Three by Eric Walters, who's a Canadian author. Turns out all my boys read it. Anyhow, read the trilogy and now reading the third book of the One Second After trilogy. Um, Very cool. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Helped me think in pragmatic terms about what an extended power outage would look like. And my wife is even making prepping suggestions. Well, I, I mean that ties back into our episode, right? If you, if you can't get the fr- if you can't get the family on board, none of that matters. So, really glad to hear, Brad, that you've got that done. Um, Brad, Brad goes on. He says, "Other preparations I have made: got my pal, no gun yet, but target shooting. Great first step. Uh, bought some prep items, flint lighters, MSR water purification medical kit items, etc. Had a generac installed on the hydro pole to run a generator to the panel." Lots of wood cut and lots of wood cut and split for wood burning insert. Bought a small generator to run the fridge and the freezer, keeping a large propane tank filled with higher frequency, as we don't have a natural gas hookup out here in the in the rural area. Uh, so your advice continues to be really pragmatic and realistic. I especially like the mag episode's message. Uh, that was also the conclusion that hit me while I was reading the books. Being Rambo in the woods alone isn't going to win the day. So a podcast suggestion. Uh, solar so, solar power and how it fits into prepping. Specifically, my water systems are hardwired to the electrical panel. You need a 240 generator to plug into the generac. Whether buy a $5,000 gas generator, which has a limited fuel capacity, or better off hooking up to an off-grid battery solar system that would run uh, that would run the water. Among others, looking at the Tesla Powerall. But now that I listened to the EMP episode, my tinfoil hat is interfering with the decision. Thanks, Brad. Wow, Brad, um, that's that's a lot of information in a very in a very uh, concise email, and I appreciate that. Looks like you're making great strides, and keep up the great work. Looks like you've got it all. You've got all the uh, going in the right direction. Um, 
we actually already have the uh, have a, a solar episode queued up coming up uh, in a little bit. So stay tuned. I'm not sure exactly when that's coming up, but it's on the list. Um, water system uh, being hardwired into the electrical panel. That is certainly a uh, a big decision as to whether to put it on its own generator, run it on something else. Um, but sounds like you've got a lot of uh, you've got a lot of good options. Uh, stay tuned for the solar episode. Maybe that'll help you make your decision. And as far as the power wall, I mean, you know, don't, no sense living a life in fear. If you want to get one for your house, maybe you can save you some money in the short term. Why not to get it? And it might help you in everything but an EMP scenario, right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, EMP an EMP is one of a is, is like one teeny tiny little percentage of a fraction of a of a of a possibility of an occurrence. So, I would say it's probably not a bad investment. And if an EMP happens, then have a have another plan. But I think overall, it's, re- it's a really good idea if it's uh, if it's part of your plan. And if you have an electric car, it, it works too. So, there you go. And that's I mean, I drive an electric car. It's pretty cool. There you go. But aren't those power walls, aren't they just big batteries, like just like a big battery pack on the wall or what are they, they have something special on them, like a inverter or something? Well, it's got, it's got an inverter and a filter so that you get clean, you get, you know, clean and efficient power um, at a usable, at a usable wattage and voltage, which is, which is pretty cool. And um, I mean, it's, and it becomes part of the, part of the house instead of something to take up space in the house. Cool. Well, I guess that's about it for tonight, then. Uh, I'm going to bring episode 19 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on uh, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Please help us out. Take a few minutes to submit a review. It helps other people find us. You can also find us at prepperpodcast.ca. We record these shows live on YouTube chats. If you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Island Retreat. Uh, Click the notification tab that gives you an alert when we are going live. Uh, you can contact me uh, directly on Instagram at PPSWO. Ange, how can we reach you if we want to? I have an Instagram, but it's mostly for my yoga. I teach yoga and I love tennis shoes. But if you want to reach me on Instagram, it's at super underscore dope underscore fly underscore yogini. It's hard. I didn't have the show notes right now. Yogini, you said? Yeah. All right. Gotcha. You know, it's a better it's a better sell to guys instead of calling it yoga, call it tactical man stretching. It actually works way Absolutely. better. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> guys are weird when it comes to yoga. And it's do yoga, guys. It's good for you. Actually, I Absolutely. will fully admit I tried it and it's actually it's very relaxing. My problem is, is I end up I go into Shavasana or something like that and I end up falling asleep. That's so, good. That's not bad. That's not a bad thing. No, I just so I'm like, well, this is like sleepy time yoga now, because now I just want to go there and fall asleep. <laughs> so, yoga, no, yoga, yoga saves saves my hips. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it actually, it's good for my back too. I will admit that. So my wife just has to force me to go more often. So I think three times a week. Yeah. Week. All right. So uh, as far as myself, uh, if you want to reach Ian directly, you can email me at the Island Retreat at gmail.com. You can also find me giving my two cents worth on Canadian Patriot podcast, also available on iTunes and YouTube. There you'll find us discussing the merits of a freer society, exposing more government waste, and squirreling off on the tactically driven conversation. Uh, in Eric's absence, I will remind everyone to check out rapidsurvival.com. That is uh, Eric's small 
uh, survival uh, preparedness company. Uh, you can find Eric there in the live chat while buying your prepper gear. You can also get a hold of Eric and the rest of us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. That's pepper. That's .ca, not .com. Uh, while buying your prepper gear at Rapid Survival. Well, thanks for joining us and tune in for the next episode. We're going to discuss the role of gardening and preparedness, unless you guys don't like talking about having renewable food sources. So until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.